For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So welcome to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report, brought to you by Roxpile.com. My name is Kevin Henry. I'm one of the co-experts on the site and joined uh, by my good friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, how are you tonight? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, doing well. We're expecting some snow here in uh, Colorado. So uh, for those of you who are listening here in the Centennial State, yes, we were recording this on Saturday night. So this is the, the exciting life that Noah and I lead is... <laughs> that we're doing the Rockies podcast on Saturday night. So, hey. Uh, but, you know, we have been, What's that? The Saturday night before Easter, too. Oh, exactly right. Exactly. Man, nobody knows how to party like us, that's for sure. <laughs> but we, but you can tell, uh, those of you in Colorado, we are, and in Ohio, we are in the stay-at-home. So, this is what we do. Anyway. Um, so, Noah, let's talk about baseball. And, yes, we can actually talk about this. But there is that rumor, you know, whatever you want to call it, that the uh, Rockies and the rest of Major League Baseball may try to play in Arizona or in Arizona and Florida, depending on which report you read and what day it is. And, you know, let's just start off talking about that. Do you think this is a viable option? And then I'm going to weigh in with my two cents. I think it's the most viable option I've heard. Um. I I know, like, for example, Zach Wheeler of the Phillies, um, which it's weird of saying that he's with the Phillies because I'm used to saying the Mets. But um, he said originally, because the first plan that I had heard and he had mentioned too was about all games happening in Arizona. Yeah. He said no um, because he's got a newborn and yada, yada, yada. Right. So – I think that the Arizona and Florida thing is better. Um, but today I heard from Tim Kirchin on ESPN that apparently MLB is considering starting this season in Japan, which to me makes no sense whatsoever. I don't know all the details about it, but especially with international travel and all that and yeah. like 30 teams to Japan and have them over there for God knows how long. To me, it makes much more sense to be in Arizona and Florida where there's more stadiums, there's MLB stadiums, some of the fans can be there if fans can be there. That obviously we don't know. But to me, that makes much more sense, especially from a travel perspective than more like Japan or having it if – this is still going on for how, however long than the teams in their respective cities. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've tried to, before we got on the podcast and I tried to read up, you know, get different articles, different opinions out there. And there's two, two things that I keep coming back to about this is number one, I think everybody wants some form of baseball back fans, players, everybody, we all want baseball back. But the second thing is that you are talking about such a logistical nightmare to try to either get everybody to Arizona and then sequester them away from everybody else, including their wives, including their children, including their friends, uh, or, you know, doing the Florida, Arizona thing, but then you're talking about sequestering them as well. And I think the biggest holdup that there's going to be in all of this is the fact that I flash back to spring training and in Ian Desmond. And the week that we were there covering, Ian's kids were there with him. And they were running around the clubhouse. They were on the field with him. And and he takes such pride in being a dad. And many of the players who have kids are that exact same way. They love to have their kids around them. And if you tell these players, hey, you get to play, but you don't get to see your kids for three or four months because we're going to make sure that we keep you separated from your families and from everybody else for everybody's safety. I just don't see that an Ian Desmond or, or a lot of these family men are going to say, that's a great idea. I'd rather play baseball than do that any day of the week. Yeah. And that's, that's something obviously we'll have to see in the next few weeks. I mean, it's with the situation being so fluid. I mean, I could say something right now and by tomorrow that could be completely different. So yeah. that's the thing. It is. And everything's changing every day. And by the time this comes out, you know, on Easter, it could be different. Who knows? You know, we may wake up to a new world in the morning. That's the way that this COVID-19 pandemic has done. But let's say, let's let's play what if here real quick, because we love to do that. And let's just say that they actually come together with a plan, that they actually start playing the season, and that they go into this Florida and Arizona division thing that you detailed in an article recently for us. And one of the divisions that has been pro- proposed would be, of course, the Rockies take part in the Cactus League. They play spring training in Scottsdale. And they would be part of a division that has, and let me read this off, the Cubs, the Giants, the Diamondbacks, and the A's along with them. So five teams, and then you've got 15 teams in three different divisions. They're just in Arizona. So no offense to our friends who are Cardinals or Phillies fans or whoever, but we're going to focus on Arizona for this one. I like the idea a lot. I like the idea of obviously, you know, knowing the spring training setups that are there and how close everything is. I love it. But I also wonder then if this division with shorter, you know, a shorter season where the Rockies would really finish among those five teams, if this is what, going to be the key to the postseason and i've seen some people speculating this on twitter some people were saying oh they're shoe-ins no they're not no Uh, i'll just say it flat out no they're not i mean to for me uh if you just had the regular nl west the rockies are the fourth best team on paper if you look at the uh northeast division quote unquote Mm-hmm. Um, of where the Rockies would be. Are they better than the Diamondbacks? Maybe. That's a big maybe. Very yeah. big maybe. 
I think the Diamondbacks are better. Oakland, are they better than Oakland? No. Oakland won 97 games last year. They've been in the playoffs the last two years. Granted, both wild card games and they're, they, they stink in the postseason. But regular season-wise, they're a good team. The yeah. Cubs are a better team. The only team that's worse is the Giants. Yeah. What difference is that in the NL West than the Northeast Division of the Cactus League? No. Other than getting a lot more views of the Cubs and A's and a lot less of the Dodgers and Padres, which, you know, I don't think personally that's such a bad thing. But I'm kind of like you. If if you really take off your Rockies colored glasses here, the A's are not the Dodgers, but they're still a better team. Yeah. And the Cubs and Padres, would you say that they were maybe level? I mean, in my mind, I kind of go maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's the thing with the Cubs. The Cubs, Cubs have so much talent. They could be a higher team, but they could be a lower team. Same thing as the Rockies. They could be a, like Dick Monfort has said, they could be a 94 win team, but they also won 71 games last year. Right. Which one are they? And one thing I noticed out of this for the Cactus League, at least, if you look at the divisions, there is one clear-cut winner. If if all this happens, obviously this is a big if. Mm-hmm. The Northwest Division, if the Milwaukee Brewers do not win that division, they need to relocate their franchise. I mean, like, uh, you have the Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. Yep. The Padres are, the, no question, the second-best team in that division. It's not even close. The Mariners stink. The Royals stink. And the Rangers are, at best, a 500 team. Yeah, I, I'm i not arguing that with you. I, you know, of all these divisions, the West, I think, is the, is the strongest, where you've got the Dodgers, the Sox, or the White Sox, I should clarify, the Reds, the Indians, and the Angels. You know, I, I think that would be a fun division to watch to see exactly what happens. And again, let's make it perfectly clear, I don't mind the Dodgers being in that division and the Rockies in another division. Yeah, and realistically, in a regular season, if those five teams were not in the same division in the Western Division of the Cactus League, all five of them should be at least 500 teams, at least on paper. Now, obviously, games aren't played on paper, but the Dodgers are the best team in baseball, or at at bare minimum, the best team in the National League. Mm -hmm. The White Sox are way better. The Reds are way better. The Indians are not better, but they still have enough pitching to get them by. They don't have any offense, but they have enough pitching. Um, And that's what somebody who watches every single one of their games and lives 60 miles away from Cleveland. Believe me, they have no offense outside of Lindor. Um, Consistent offense, I should say. I'll be nice. Um, And the Angels are a lot better. They signed Anthony Rendon. They have Mike Trout. They have no pitching, but their offense is good. Essentially, if you were to add the Indians and Angels together, the Indians pitching staff, the Angels offense, you have a perfect team. But obviously that's not the case. But. It's like the Rockies of certain years with Rockies of certain other years. Put them together and they're a, you know, they're a banner team because you'd actually have hitting and pitching come together. It'd be amazing. Yeah, and that's the thing with a lot of, I hate to say it, mediocre teams. Like, for example, the Indians, how they did not make the postseason from 1954 to 1995. 
every year they had one or the other. Yep. It's a sign of a mediocre team, in my view, at least. Yep. There's a reason why the musical Damn Yankees came around because of that mediocrity and year after year after year, unfortunately. You know, it, it just is. So, all right. Well, let me and throw another scenario. Why they made Major League for the Indians. Yeah. That's, That's why they made Major League. They stunk. <laughs> All right, so let me throw another scenario at you here, and this is one that I've been debating around with a few folks, and that's that we're more than likely, it would be a stunner if it was not a shorter season, obviously. We don't know how many games we're talking about. You know, 100 has been thrown around. You know, a lot of different numbers have been thrown around. My question to you, my friend, is this. A, does that help the Rockies? If a fewer games happen and they're in this kind of a scenario where everything's taking place locally, is there, is there a benefit for the Rockies that if they can start off strong and they don't have a Coors Field hangover, which is another thing I want to talk about here, but they don't have a Coors Field hangover, they're playing at the same altitude every time, don't have to worry about coming down or flying back up or whatever you want to say, is there an advantage here that maybe – could, we could surprise some people. Three words. Yes, yes, and yes. There, there's, there's no better. I, personally, I think there's no better advantage or no team that has a better advantage than the Rockies if there's a shortened schedule. Mm-hmm. Because like we alluded to a few minutes ago, they could be a 94-win team. They could also be a 71-win team. Chances are, if you have a shorter schedule – like for the Rockies last year, if the season would have gone from March, whatever date it was, the end of March, to July 1st, that team's close to a playoff team. Yep. If you look July 1st and after, if that would have been for a full season, they would have been one of the worst teams in baseball history. That's the way I think that it would probably be for next year. I think there's somewhere in the middle if they if they were to play an actual season, they'd be somewhere between that seventy one and the eighty some odd games they won the year before, or ninety one actually, but then eighty five or the Pythagorean win loss was eighty five in two thousand eighteen. Yep. But I think they're probably somewhere in the middle, closer to the seventy one, but I'd still say high seventies, low eighties, right around the five hundred bubble. Yeah, I'm a guy that I agree with with the fact that a shorter season and not having to worry about the altitude to and from, I think that there's no team that could benefit more than the Rockies. I'm just going to throw that out there. And all of you are saying Coors right now. I know you are. But I'm going to tell you, we know the science. We've seen the statistics. We've heard Charlie Blackman talk about it and all the things that they've had to do to get rid for that first or second game whenever they go on a road trip, all the extra work that goes into it. All of a sudden, that's out the window. And you're talking about everybody on a level playing field, and the Rockies could well benefit from that. Not to mention, too, last year, how many injuries did they have in August and September? Yep. Marquez, Gray, Davis, Oberg. Doll, you you keep going down the list. Yeah. If you don't have the altitude, you, that's a less of an issue because recovery time and all that. But also, too, then, 
if instead of playing 162 games, you're playing half of that or slightly more than half of that, there's less chance of being injured. Now that doesn't say that doesn't mean there won't be injuries because obviously every team has injuries, but there's less chance of an injury. So if the Rockies are on paper, everybody is healthy or 95% of the team is healthy. They have a better shot. Absolutely. It doesn't help that it helps that they wouldn't be playing the Dodgers as often. You know, there's a lot of things about this. I like, I gotta be honest with you. And I know again, you know, I know we don't know if any of this is going to happen. We don't know, you know, if they're even going to play a season. We're all hoping at this point there's some baseball season. So, you know, just join us in this exercise of what if here. But I'm going to throw another one at you that I've, I've been looking at. And I think it's really interesting. Let's say you've got a 100-game schedule, okay? Could the Rockies go with a four-man rotation? Could the Rockies get rid of that fifth starter that is so in right now? Because it's truly going to be a mad dash to the finish. You go with your four best guys, rotate them through with maybe a Hoffman or Gonzalez or, you know, a Lambert even whenever he comes back, if he does come back this season. You know, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. Because I think a four-man rotation for the Rockies is a heck of a lot stronger than a five-man rotation personally. And I agree on that. However, I don't think that would happen, especially if, well, obviously it depends on when games would return. But if there's double headers, they're going to have to have five starters. That's, if double, you're right. If double headers in, you're exactly right. Yeah. So if they have 125 days to get in 100 games, they could probably do it. But or even if they did four starters in a bullpen game. Now, the bullpen game wouldn't be the best, considering the Rockies' bullpen is not the best, but I think it could work out better. All right, so here's the other little caveat in all this. Yay, verily, the, another what-if to throw into a whole myriad of what-ifs that I've thrown at you. Let's say the roster's expanded. Let's say you've got more pitching now than you've ever had to get you through these seven inning double headers that are a possibility. Does that again, help the Rockies or is that lack of depth that we've talked about and so many questions about who's coming up and what might be next? Is that still a, a problem? I think that uh, that would be a downside for them. Seven innings would help, but I mean, they, like you said, that, and we've talked about it before. They have no depth. That That's a problem. That's been their problem throughout their entire franchise history. I mean, how many times 15, 20 years ago were their lineups with Helton, Castilla, Holiday, Walker? And you'll look at their bench and you're like, who is that? I have no idea who that person is. <laughs> You've gotten a lot of experience with this lately with uh, dusting off one of the old video games to play around with. Yes, and that yep. will be coming in the coming days on the site. Yep, yep. I, I, I'm fascinated by what could happen if you expand the rosters and if Bud Black would even toy with the idea of a four-man and then that fifth game is a bullpen, and I agree. Doubleheaders are going to make that really tough. You know, and I'm also curious to see what are they going to do with doubleheaders? You know, because if you're playing a game in Arizona in July outside, it's hot. So I can see playing at night every night. I can see that. That wouldn't be bad. 
But I can also see there's no way that you'd want to play a one o'clock game in Scottsdale if you're the Rockies and then have to travel to Mesa for a seven o'clock game and play the Angels or sorry, Tempe to play the Angels. You know, I mean, there, there's just a lot of what ifs in that as well. And, and you know, again, we're all kind of guessing. At this. And also, too, it's not like you can have late, uh, games later in the night. Is uh, like, Let's say you started at nine o'clock at night, mountain time, so it's cooler. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock Eastern. You right. can't have that. Right. Especially if fans can't be at games in person, then you want TV viewership and you get TV viewership by having it at a decent time, uh, Eastern time. Cause as it is people in the Eastern time zone, like yours truly, um, a lot of people don't want to watch 10 o'clock games starting in LA. So right. that's part of the thing with Mike Trout. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. He's the best player there has been in a long time. Nobody sees him because 40% of the country sees half of his games start at 10-10 at night. Well, and, and let's not forget, Phoenix this time of year is Pacific time. You know, So you're talking about even if you have a 7 o'clock first pitch, it's 10 o'clock in Cleveland and eastern United States. Now, again, I know that some of these teams that we're talking about, you know, are coming, uh, let's see, who would be the furthest east? I'm just going through it in my head real fast because you've got Kansas City Central. The furthest east would be Cleveland and Cincinnati. Okay, so uh, there's yeah. – yep, there you go. But, I mean, a lot of the east coast teams obviously would be in Florida under this rule. But still, you've got two teams right there that they're – plus the Royals are central time zone, you know, the Rangers. Uh, would be in the Rockies division. Yeah, absolutely. So you're talking a lot of teams – that their fans would have to stay up late to watch them if they played night games. And, and I read a couple of articles today that talked about how important the TV revenue is for all of these teams, obviously, and trying to make sure that you maximize fan exposure to a group that's going to be rabid to have baseball back. But Noah, like you, when baseball comes back, work comes back for a lot of people as well. And so that 7 o'clock start Pacific, or Pacific time, if you're an Indians or a Reds fan, that that's that's not cool on any level. Yeah, and the thing is, too, even if you were to play it, for example, in Chase Field, Chase Field is a fairly new stadium. Well, mm-hmm. year-wise, not in the National League because every stadium in the National League has been replaced. Coors Field is the third oldest stadium in the National League. It was built in 95. Betcha. So, but the thing is with Chase Field, it's domed. It's not air-conditioned. I mean, there's a reason why the Diamondbacks are trying to get out of Chase Field. Yep. It's not air conditioned. You need a dome and you need air conditioning when you're in 120 degree weather in the middle of July in Phoenix. And I saw one plan, and maybe you've seen this as well, that you would have, I think it was a 10 o'clock, a 2 o'clock, and a 6 o'clock game inside Chase Field. And then the rest of them rotate around spring training games. But, man, you get into like a 15-inning affair, you know, in that 10 a.m. game, you're screwed for the rest of the day. That just pushes the entire schedule back, you know? Yeah, but and they also could do like what they have are going to be proposing in the – or having in the minor leagues this year, starting in the 10th or 11th inning. Everyone gets a runner on second base. Oof, yeah. 
Yeah, we know how people love that rule, you know, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to watch it unfold. Again, we're talking about a lot of what-ifs here, I know, but it's certainly something that I know a lot of you have been noodling around in your head, and I know Noah, Noah and I have been as well. So, Noah, I know we didn't get too deep into everything tonight because there's a lot to go into, but I think maybe some future podcasts we could dive into maybe one or two of these things and really expound upon it, especially whenever we get a few more uh, ideas out there about when stay-at-home orders are really going to end, as well as if we start hearing when baseball could come back. Yeah, and I think that'll be a big factor, too, because maybe, like, for example, here in Ohio, we are, and technically we're at our, we're plateauing right now, and they believe next week we're going to be at the flattening of the curve, quote-unquote. This is great. Um, Whereas Colorado, at least as of now, it looks like it's going to be in May. Yep, that's that's what Governor Polis is telling us. And I've heard, uh, you know, uh, uh, Los Angeles County now has through May 15th for a stay at home. Uh, I know uh, Virginia is even longer than that. So, you know, different parts of the country with different things is obviously going to make it interesting as well. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, we're going to keep writing about things that we have fresh content Every day at rockspile.com. We have for, I think, uh, almost two and a half years now, at least one article fresh every day. So we're going to keep doing that. And uh, Noah, uh, we will come jump back on another podcast real soon. I want to thank our good friend Nikki over in Austria for the uh, inspiration to actually do one of these uh, uh, for Easter. And uh, we're going to start cranking them back up a little bit more because it's a good excuse for Noah and I to talk to each other. So Noah, any other final thoughts, man? Like I said, hopefully games will be able to, and like you said too, hopefully games can return soon. For me, I would love if we could get it everywhere, but also too, I'd love if we just didn't have to deal with all this right now. So, Amen. Yep, absolutely. And I think think a lot of us want baseball back, but we also want to be safe. So that's that fine line. So anyway, hey, we will be back with another episode of the Rockspile Rockies Report real soon. Make sure you check out rockspile.com for all the uh, things that Noah, me, and the rest of our great editorial team is putting together every day to try to keep you bridged during this time. But more than anything, we want you guys to stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back soon with another episode here on the Rockspile Rockies Report. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, 
Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.